0: Welcome to The Assurance Show. This podcast is for internal auditors and performance auditors. We discuss risk and data-focused ideas that are relevant to assurance professionals. Your hosts are Conor McGarity and Yusuf
1: Moula. Good morning, Conor. How's it going, Yusuf? All right. When we talk about open data, what are we actually talking about? Different things
0: to different people. For our purposes, we talk about data that's freely available, can be used and accessible. So generally that Means stuff that we can get online can be reused and redistributed by anyone. Although sometimes there's obviously some requirements to attribute the owners of the original data. Yep. I like to refer sometimes to the Open Data Handbook that's available online. And it's an organization that has committed itself to the use of open data. So it recognizes three main components. The first one being availability and access. So it must be available and at no more than a, a reasonable reproduction cost they say, and preferably free. Second one needs to be able to be reused and redistributed. The terms of, of the data itself must mean that it that it can be used and, and even mixed with other data sets or linked and joined and analyzed with other data sets for for its purposes. And the third one is universal participation. And that's where everyone, regardless of where you are, who you are and what you're doing, with it should be able to use it for non-commercial purposes or where you use for commercial purposes you need to attribute that correctly so that's in essence the three main things needs to be available and accessible needs to be able to be reused and redistributed and there must be no discrimination in who can use it
1: why is open data important to auditors internal auditors and performance auditors
0: it's another evidentiary source that's probably been although it's only come to light probably in the past decade can add considerable value to not just how you do your audit, so it can be a new evidentiary source, but it's also an opportunity to shed some light on what other information is available to parts of your business as you, as you go through your assurance activities. So why is it useful? Firstly, because it can you can use it as a point of triangulation to to test whether or not the information in your own systems and in your own organisation is actually accurate. And secondly, it can be used to identify new ways in which you can do new projects for your assurance focus.
1: What are the potential outcomes for auditors in using open data?
0: The value of open data is still really not known. So when, for example, you're doing a performance audit, uh, you've got an opportunity to, to actually educate some of the audience you're dealing with about Firstly, what open data is available, and secondly, how useful it is. So that that's probably the first thing. The second thing is that open data is a valuable tool often to challenge prevailing assumptions. So you, from a performance audit perspective, one of the main things governments try to do is deliver services and programs based on assumptions at a point in time when that service or program was developed. Now, by the time that's rolled out, could be one, two, three even four years after the original decision was made, the way in which the recipients or beneficiaries of that program, mainly being the public, consume those services or will use that program may have differed. Open data, the likes of things like any benchmarking tools that are made available these days and openly online, actually gives you some opportunity to see is what we have designed something that's going to be actually used in the way that we have originally designed it. That's a long way of saying it gives you an opportunity. Open data gives you an opportunity to actually test some of the original assumptions that were made at the outset.
1: If you already have hypotheses or at a higher level criteria that you need to evaluate, then open data can help you determine whether those have been met.
0: I would say that open data is... One of the evidentiary sources you would go to. So, you would probably, in the first instance, rely on information or data that's available within the entity you're performing the performance audit over. But it, open data is definitely a strong point of triangulation to try and prove or disprove whether a criterion has been carried out in accordance with this design or whether a hypothesis is proved or disproved. That sounds like a, a conceptual statement, and to some extent it is, but open data gives you that ability, certainly from a, an external auditor general's or controller general's viewpoint, to be able to take not just the entity's data that you're looking at, but to join that up with anything that's available outside and beyond that that may not actually be readily available within that entity or being looked at within that entity itself.
1: As a contrast within internal audit, the open data that we would use would be a smaller part of the overall analysis that's done than it would be for performance audit. And that's because except for certain specific circumstances where public sector entities are involved uh, or there's significant potential to use open data for proprietary internal audit work, the level of value add of open data isn't as high. And that's because most of the open data is public sector related or has some sort of public sector focus. There are exceptions to that. Where it is used, it can definitely add value.
0: And that's totally understandable because I think we're talking about two different beasts here. So internal audit, for example, in the private sector, there's not going to be much publicly available open data that might speak to the performance of that particular entity because just having that out there might put you at a commercial disadvantage. Whereas in the public sector auditing or performance auditing world in particular, governments are moving towards transparency and putting data out there. And that's something we need to tap into.
1: Interestingly, there's a move within private sector as well spurred on largely by the public sector, but there are a number of industries where data is going to be needed to be put into the quote-unquote open domain. So it may not be completely open given the definitions that you spoke about earlier. There may need to be quite a bit of privacy and security associated with the way in which that data is then accessed. But the sort of open banking regime that's coming into play, which will be followed by a range of other industries, I think starting with energy and then moving on to telecommunications. And that's where proprietary data from individual institutions that can be associated with consumers will need to be shared between those organizations and a few others that are coming through newer sort of startup FinTech and other players.
0: You've touched on a bigger point there and it's more of a strategic opportunity as opposed to concern for internal and performance audit. With all this more open data becoming available that means that the power is going to vest in the hands of the users which is you and me and members of the public Yusuf. So I guess that creates a question in the minds of performance auditors and internal auditors. If the public has that information and that data available to them then they're going to expect us as auditors to be using that wisely and giving them insights from what's available
1: internal audit don't generally have a very direct customer facing relationship most of internal audit work will be within the organization and they won't really liaise directly with the organization's customers performance audit might be a bit different though so yes, there'll be an expectation that the organization does something with the data. I think that expectation is going to play out more as a commercial reality than as a consumer expectation. If you're not doing anything with the data and you can, and somebody else is and is able to provide that value, you might just go to them because they can do something for you that your current organization can't. Or they might use that data to figure out what it is that you you need and then lure you away.
0: Well. Speak briefly about the types of open data that are out there. Some of them are quite obvious, but yet overlooked by some of the teams. So the most obvious one, one that we've relied on extensively over the past few years with our work is statistical data and that obtained through, for example, a census process, you know, households and individuals, and that is very useful data.
1: Quite a few of the statistical agencies, even though the actual census, so the, you know, the physical census is only, would only be done every five to 10 years in the, intervening years they would have projected estimates you can generally get population estimates and those population estimates will go down to so in australia and the uk the postcode In the US, the zip code and then various countries will have variations of that. You can get down to a fairly granular level and that's useful for both performance auditors and internal auditors, that sort of information. So we've used it, for example, for internal audit, we've used it to identify the level of sales and the level of complaints and a whole range of matters that are customer focused where we have information on the customer. So if you have the customers, individual customers addresses, or if you have customer addresses, and customer data sort of summarized at postcode level or even at suburb level, then you can use that population data and related population statistics to do comparisons between services that we provide and products that we provide and the level of potential that there exists within those areas. So a little bit different to, we're not looking for fraud, we're just looking for levels of penetration there.
0: The other lovely thing that public sector statistical agencies do is they often break down their data by industry type, which can be quite useful depending on uh, which sector you're located in. So it could be, for example, in the housing sector or it could be in the motor industry or property industry or whatever. And that, that, that's often really useful to be able to um, do some benchmarking for either your organization's performance or um, your jurisdiction's performance.
1: Within internal audit, we actually have other types of open data that we use that are fairly low in terms of complexity. So two examples. The first of those is where you have businesses that you deal with either as suppliers or as clients. You can actually get information from central business agencies that tell you whether those individual companies that you deal with are legitimate, are registered with them, have actually maintained their registration over the years whether they registered for certain types of tax in the UK and Australia to be GST, South Africa would be VAT, the US maybe other types of taxes, local taxes. So there's a lot of information that you can get around, particularly suppliers. So you wouldn't use it as much for customers, but particularly suppliers to understand whether you're dealing with suppliers that are legitimate and that we should be dealing with. The other example of fairly simple data is where you have information on where money is going to or money is coming from where you have a large customer base. So if you're getting money coming in from different banks and you want to know where are my customers banking, what are the institutions that they use, do we have a concentration of monies coming in with any particular organization and this is useful for resilience and crisis planning, you can use open data sets. Often you get information that comes in that just tells you what the what the bank code is and it's different again details around bank codes. In Australia you have what you call a BSB, in the UK you'd have something that they call a sorting code. What that can help you identify is based on the branch number bank combination and this is usually open data that you can get you can identify whether you have a concentration with any particular bank
0: you've talked there about open banking information or open banking data and there's certainly a move at least some jurisdictions to make that more available and you just given a couple of examples how that's useful we talked about census data demographic statistical data that most public sector statistical agencies collect and make publicly available, which is really useful. Some of that you do have to pay for. We've encountered a few times. One of the other data sources you said that I think is really useful is that held around property, household data, that sort of thing. And we've seen a few, few times in the past where there are, for example, peak bodies that collect that sort of data routinely and that can be really um useful in particular to look at things like household consumption trends of consumption patterns that sort of stuff to to be able to profile activity in that in that sort of area sometimes you do have to pay for that data and that and that's just a factor of the the work that goes into actually collecting it but but again for internal audits and performance audit that 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 is a really useful um data set that our assurance professionals out there should have a think about so Yusuf, we've Described a few examples there of particular open data sets that are really useful for internal auditors and performance auditors are, again, as we always come back to in many of our discussions, is the issue around quality. How do we make sure that we maintain the quality of what we're getting in and the integrity of the data that we're bringing in?
1: Mm. There's probably three key things that we need to look at to ensure that the level of quality is maintained. The first of those is, are you using the right time frame? So is the data that you're using, the open data that you're using, does the time frame match the proprietary data that you're joining it to? So quite often you're not going to be using open data by itself, right? So you're going to be using it with some other proprietary data that you have. Are you actually joining it up when you're joining it up to that proprietary data? Are you joining it up based on the correct time frame? The second thing is, are there any missing items in the sequence of data that you have? So if you have daily data, let's say for whatever reason, are there any days that are missing? If you have monthly data, are there any months missing? And if there are, you need to work out well, how you're going to treat that. So are you going to fill in the gaps? Because you can use linear extrapolation and other techniques to fill gaps particularly where the gaps are fairly granular. I mean, if you have a whole year that's missing, you may need to take a different approach. You may need to exclude that year from your analysis. So that's where you have gaps in the data. And then the third thing is uh, making sure that the data is actually correct. So sometimes you get data in and the data is duplicated for whatever reason. So, you know, you may have a data set that has Um, individual items and totals. And so that means that your data is actually larger. It will be double what it should be. The other trap that you often encounter is where the data set that you download for some or other reason, and this happens quite often with open data and we don't know why, but we see that you have, you know, you may have a data set for 10 years and one of those years for whatever reason is duplicated. So the information in there will always appear to be higher. So wherever you see these sorts of anomalies higher than you expect it to be. What you want to do is go in and have a look at the detail and make sure that you're not bringing something in that doesn't have the level of integrity that you want. And then don't, don't just chuck it away because you can't see any integrity in it. You sort of fix those items so that you can actually use it. And those are the three key things to ensure when you're managing quality within your open data set so that you can join it properly.
0: And so they're all really important things. So the key takeaway is that even though we're proponents of using open data, we're Possible, I guess you need to make sure that you make a good assessment against those three criteria early on to make sure that you're not over investing time in its use.
1: There's a couple of things. One is that there are some organizations that produce open data. And by that I mean, there's quite a few states and territories and countries and provinces that make open data available. Some of them actually have an audit step as part of the creation of their open data. In Australia, we're not that sophisticated yet, but in other jurisdictions, they actually have an audit step and they publish the results of those audits. So they'll say, we've audited the data that exists in our open data portal, and this is the result. We found this percentage of inaccuracies or this percentage of missing data or whatever. If you have that situation, you can actually go and look at what the result of that audit is and then work out how much you need to do to check the quality of the data that you're using.
0: Which goes back to how much reliance we can place on it, which is fantastic.
1: Yeah, and just common sense audit stuff, right? So if we are using the data and we're changing it up and checking it for quality and these things, quite often there's a a need then to share the data that we've pre-processed. How would we go about doing that?
0: Pretty straightforward from a performance audit perspective. Some of the progressive performance auditors these days, in various jurisdictions, are actually making some of that processed data available via their website. Use yes, of some might consider it a byproduct of the report itself, but it's actually a really important product in and of itself, and that's the linking, joining analyzing of those data sets because it can tell some fantastic stories. So that's one way in which those data are being shared and that's via websites. And you know, there's all sorts of tools these days that make it interactive and clickable and that sort of thing. Some of the other ways are that auditors general or controllers general are um, actually providing some of those cleansed and analyzed data sets back to the entities that they have actually audited and said, this is what we've seen. This is what we've observed. These are our findings. Your data wasn't that great in the first instance. We've taken time as part of our audit work to do all this cleaning and analysis. It's only fair that we give that back to you. And that again, that's another very useful and valuable byproduct back into those agencies themselves. So, two things there. One is for the public, is it making the analyzed open data, and especially where it may have been linked with other open data or proprietary data, in so much as it's not private? available on the websites and the second thing is given some of that open data linked with an entity's own data back to the entity to have a look at.
1: Okay so that's um so in the first instance there that's basically creating more open data if you like.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Within internal audit generally there isn't a lot of sharing of the process data, the processed open data. Obviously you won't have anything going to the public. You haven't generally got that open data from an organisation that you're going to be you, you usually won't get, unless you have a very good relationship with, with the external organization, you're not going to be providing feedback around the quality of the data very often. What you do have sometimes is that you would, then you may want to share how you went about processing the data with a team internally that will be using it. The challenge with sharing the data directly is that you don't want to be in a situation where somebody uses your your work directly and doesn't, you know, check it themselves. Because quite often you can process the data, pass it on to a management team, business team. And the risk you have there is that they just rely on what you've done and go ahead and use it. And then you find out later that you made a mistake and that your mistake is now promulgated through the organization. And what are you you can't say in an audit, you can't you can't then, you know, audit yourself and say, we made a mistake and we gave it to the team and they used it and they made the same mistake. So what you do is you say, these are the steps that we followed. Have a look at the steps, have a look at this data and see if there's anything we're missing and then use that. And that's a bit safer because it means that people have to actually start thinking about what they're doing as opposed to just taking some data and using it blindly. So it looks a little bit different within the internal audit world.
0: It does, but it comes back to the reasonableness test. Was the was the process these guys followed to do this analysis and come up with this outcome? Is it something that we think is reasonable and we should or could rely on?
1: Yep. 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 So the business will need to work out can they actually rely on that or do they need to do something else? Yeah, absolutely. Sure. For internal audit purposes, there's probably three or four key sources for the examples that I use. They're not difficult to find. For performance audit, where would you usually go to find open data?
0: Government websites, in the first instance. So, a lot of jurisdictions these days used sort to of have websites dedicated to open data. They require their agencies or their entities to actually provide data to a central source, and then that gets published online. So, if we speak about Australia and and the UK and the USA for example many of the states and jurisdictions or even some of at the, at the lower level county councils produce a lot of their um, transactional data online so that might be from procurement data as to who's tendered and won contracts to performance data about these are our main objectives for this organization and this this is how we're performing against these objectives to other types of really operational data about this is how many people are visiting our facilities. So the answer is that a lot of this data is actually already being pushed out there by some of these more forward-thinking organizations. Two things that I think is worth noting about that. The first thing is that demonstrates a commitment to transparency. So where, for example, a public sector organization or government is willing to put performance data online is always a big step. But the second thing is it's also a bit about accountability in that. Um, citizens or the general public can actually query and interrogate and ask questions about where their money is actually going
1: so kind of you spoke about accountability and transparency but really that is within the domain of the public sector organizations that are looking to promote that transparency and promote accountability in the work that they do what is it that an auditor can do to help improve that level of transparency or help improve that level of accountability
0: so use of your dead right in most respects It's up to that public sector entity or department or agency as to what they want to publish online in most respects. The important role of a performance auditor is to call out where there are deficiencies in the publication of open data. So if I'm doing a performance audit, for example, in the Department of Health, and one of the main things we're interested in is public sector waiting times for operations and so forth, And the health department does not have that information online, although many other departments in our jurisdiction have waiting times for various of their main services online. It may be useful for performance auditors, given their independent and somewhat helicopter view to say, well, look, we don't think it's reasonable for this department not to publish that information. So there's a very important role there for performance auditors in calling out situations where data is not being openly made available when it reasonably should be
1: so auditors can help call that out look within internal audit there isn't going to be that much going on within performance audit definitely given that the performance audits are of those government organizations so they the organizations that are producing that open data would be the ones that are under the spotlight as well there's a number of places that you can go so go to your state or territory or country Open data portal. If you don't know what that is or you can't find what you're looking for, another way to find um, open data, and we use this quite regularly, is Google's open data set search. Um, pretty straightforward. You just type in dataset com You can then actually search for data sets within there and it will give you different options as well.
0: Okay, great conversation today, Yusuf, on open data. So, in summary, we'd say that if you're not using open data now for your assurance projects, you need to ask yourself, why not? We've explained the value of how some of these open data sets can really contribute to your projects. The last thing to do is to basically start exploring. Thanks, man. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share with a friend and rate us in your podcast app. For immediate notification of new episodes, you can subscribe at assuranceshow.com. The link is in the show notes.